is taken from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, in, in chapter 11, reading from verses 25 to 30, and as you can see, it can be found on page 977 in the Church Bibles, which in turn can be found in the pillars at the end of the rows. So Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to, by, to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. better when you have a uh, support crew. My burden is light. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. <laughs> you don't feel very energetic this morning. I might get you up to do a bit of aerobics or something. <laughs> Awkward laughing. <laughs> Will she do it? Won't she do it? No, because I, I can't do it, so I won't do that. I won't make you do that. Uh, so we are continuing our uh, series on culture, and I've been given the very lovely topic of looking after number one, um, which in today's society is a message, I, message I'm sure you've all heard quite a lot. Look after yourself. I have approximately 16 apps, I think I counted, that could come under the category on my phone of looking after yourself. There's an app to help my headspace. There's an app to help me in my Bible reading. There's an app to help me write to-do lists, which I'm sure that for many of you, you use paper um, and have done for many, many years, but it seems more you know, high-tech to have a list on my phone that I can share with Matt and make sure he's doing the things <laughs> <laughs> that are on my to-do list when I assign them to him. It's a very good app. Uh, there's so many things. In, in advertising, we're sold food and drinks and um, all these things that are going to help our health. Um, I bought Matt a watch for Christmas that helps him to track everything. It seems like everything. He can track even the speed of his steps, not, not just the amount of steps. He can track his heart rate. He can track... I don't know, it's very boring when he continues to tell me all these things that... <laughs> It's so great, this gift you got me. And I'm like, I wish I never got the gift. Um, He's out on a run right now. (laughs) And I'm sure I'll get the list of things as to how it is improving his life. Um, It was meant to improve my life. But I'm not sure if that's worked. (laughs) I once took a team of young people to India um, on a mission trip to kind of build relationship with our mission partners there. Um, And I went knowing that I was slightly unwell. Having spoken with my vicar, we thought, it's fine, I'll be fine. I'll just keep going, it's just three weeks, um, and when I get back, I can have a nice long holiday. 
And that was how we approached the situation where I was actually not very well, and I took 13 young people abroad, away from their families, by myself with one other leader, and ended up for three days in an Indian hospital, having abandoned the team while I needed to be put on a drip and various other things to help myself get well. I hadn't looked after myself, which meant that it was entirely impossible to look after this team of young people. Um, Not one of my proudest moments, but a very, very good learning point in my life to look after myself. But yet, somehow, I think, we can end up thinking as Christians that it's not a good idea to look after ourselves because it's a bit selfish. It's not what we're called to do. We're called to love our neighbour. We're called to serve and to do all that God calls us to do. And actually, I think what we risk as followers of Christ sometimes is missing the point of the message and instead of looking after ourselves we actually have a saviour complex and think that we have all the capabilities and all the limitless opportunities to do all these things and instead of caring for ourselves we do what I did which was go, 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 go and actually end up being useless to quite a lot of people. Um, On the other side, I think we can end up thinking only of ourselves, and that can indeed be quite selfish. We can think, well, I don't have the time. I wonder how many of you have thought to yourselves, I just don't have the capacity right now to love and to serve someone else. I don't have the headspace. I don't have um, what it takes right now because there's too much going on in my life, and we miss opportunities to serve and to love other people. So we live in this kind of really difficult space of, on one side it can be um, us living with a saviour complex and on the other side it can be us living very, very independently and very selfish and we're not called to live uh, independently. How can we fulfil our call to love others when we cannot love ourselves though? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love your neighbour as yourself. If you can't love yourself, if you can't look after yourself, how can we truly love our neighbour? So the world says to us, look after yourself. But then we read in this passage that Jesus says, look how I do it. That's his message. Not, hey guys, Um, I just want to make sure you know, look after yourselves. And then goes off. Who's who's, uh, said goodbye to someone here by saying, great to see you, see you later, look after yourself. A few people, some people aren't that nice. (laughs) (laughs) He says, look at me, look how I do it. But if we look a little closer, the first part of that passage, which I left in on purpose because I think we leave it out a lot, is Jesus saying that God has given all things to him. He's there, dusty, in his robes and his sandals, speaking to his disciples and saying to them, face to face, God has put all things under me. I have all the authority of God. I am God. I can do all things. And then he looks them in the eyes and he says, You must be tired. 
You must be weary. You must be exhausted from all this box-ticking religion that you've had to live with. Come to me. The God who has everything in humanity, standing before them and saying, come to me. Watch how I do it. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus sees them. And he sees you. He sees that you are limited. He sees, because of his humanity, that the disciples in front of him are limited. And yet he stands there with the authority of a limitless God. An infinite God who can do all things. Imagine for a moment... Jesus looking straight into your eyes. Perhaps it would help you if you shut your eyes. Disappeared. Oh, no. Not not enjoying it. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Imagine for a moment Jesus looking into your eyes. Come to me, you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's just for a moment consider the story um, of Elijah. God didn't leave Elijah after his grueling showdown about whose God was better. He didn't leave Elijah when Elijah had delivered the message from the Lord to the authorities, to the king, and then had to run for his life from Queen Jezebel, who wanted to murder him. He didn't leave him on his own. It says, and behold, an angel touched him and said, this is his speaking to Elijah, who has run away, ended up exhausted under a tree, and cried out to God and said, just take my life. I don't want to do it anymore. These are the kind of things we read in scripture, if we look closely, that people were despairing and God comes into that situation and says, through an angel, arise and eat. He says, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. And he gave him cake. Great. (laughs) Not not our kind of cake. And water and hot stones. Hot stone massage, anyone? And he ate and drank and laid down again. And then he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. In one moment, Elijah is essentially suicidal. He's saying to God, take my life. I don't want to do it anymore. I've had enough. This ministry is too much. This moment is too much. And then on the other side, he carries on off one bowl of food for 40 days and 40 nights. That's quite the turnaround when God enters into that space. Elijah had it neglected the basics of life, resting, drinking, eating. But God personally cares for Elijah in that moment. And it reminds us of God's heart for humanity. And it also reminds us of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, who says to God, take this cup away from me. He doesn't want to do it. And then he says, but not 
my will, your will be done. God sees us because God the Son took on flesh. God sees us because God the Son understood our humanity. Those emotions, those feelings, that weariness, that grief, the despair that we so often carry. And Jesus cries out to God in that moment from his humanity. Take it away. And yet from his divinity, he says, but not my will, your will. And then he goes to the cross and takes our sin and dies for us and rises again and brings us back into relationship with God. When Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, he gets it. He's not just, you know, someone speaking the speaking the speak, <laughs> talking the talk and not walking the walk. He gets it. The word come in the passage, come to me, all who are weary, is the same word that is used in Genesis when God curses Adam to toil the land and to live under the weight of his sin. The burden is the same as that toil. It's our sin. But that word is also used in discipleship. It's also used when Jesus tells the rich young ruler to follow him, but the rich young ruler can't give up everything he had. It's a call to salvation, to redemption from all that holds us back. Come to me. Leave your sin there and come to me. Follow me. Do it my way. Follow the way of Jesus. Jesus invites us along with him to pick up his yoke. And as you can see from the picture, a yoke is put between two oxen to animals to carry the load to share the load it's not here take this i'll be over there it's not come and help me out because i need some help it's a bit heavy and you're a bit you're a bit strong too so come here it's it's take this with me and we will share the load he doesn't take our burdens completely away from us we have to live in our humanity in our limited nature in our sin in our sinful nature But when we do it with Jesus, we walk in step with Jesus. You cannot be yoked to somebody and not walk at their pace. The pace evens out. You will walk at a pace that Jesus walks at. I like to call it the pace of love. Jesus' pace is a pace of love. When we learn to love from, our, from that place, that place of security with Christ, knowing that fixed to him, every movement, every rhythm, every work, everything that we do is with him. We learn the speed of love, the pace of love. But it does take a bit of work. You have to pick up that yoke. It takes some effort on our part. I think that's the discipleship. I think that is the cost of following Jesus, is to take up our cross, to take up what it means to follow after him. Imagine if we actually lived this. We're always learning. We're always meant to be keeping company with Jesus. But how do we learn to live this way? to care for ourselves through the lens that he gives us, 
when we take up his yoke and share whatever is going on for us, when we cry out under our tree like Elijah, or in our garden like Jesus, or in the office or the bedroom, or hiding in the toilet from your child or your boss. We learn what looking after number one looks like when we recognize Jesus at the center, Jesus as our benchmark of how to do life. An apprenticeship is when someone is in a state or condition of learning from the master in that field. And to be part of an apprenticeship, you have to take up the tools. You can't just, you can't just sit there and watch someone and hope to learn every skill required to be like that person. To have the skills required to follow Christ, we have to pick up the tools that he shows us. Jesus is not just our saviour, though what an incredible thing that is. He is also our teacher, our rabbi. So I'd argue that looking after number number one requires us to put Jesus at the centre and to look to him for how to do life. And the first thing I want to say today is that we should be interruptible. Not while I'm doing my sermon, please interruptible as we read about Jesus' life through the gospels how many times that he stopped that his pace was gentle enough to stop for someone to minister to someone the woman who was bleeding Jesus was on his way somewhere else he a big thing to do In the temple, out in the fields with his disciples, on his way somewhere, looking up at a tree and stopping for Zacchaeus. Always answering questions and pointing people to the Father. He was never too busy to stop. But he did have a hectic schedule. Let's not pretend that Jesus just had a slow-paced life. He had crowds of people following him most of the time. He was teaching his disciples day in, day out. Everyone wanted to follow him. Everyone wanted to hear from him, to ask him questions, to be healed. And yet, he would always stop to notice when someone was hurting, broken, shamed, or unwelcomed. The disciples didn't like it. You can read that quite a lot. They're often quite annoyed at Jesus. Be interruptible. Secondly, seek solitude. Jesus always took himself off when life was too much or he knew that something big was coming he would take himself off to be with the father how often do you take yourself off to be with god and time with the father is what kept jesus going time with the father in the garden of gethsemane is what took jesus to the cross discipline When I started at St. Paul's, we were doing a sermon series on spiritual disciplines. I don't know if you remember the um, stones that we had going up the middle. The different stepping stones, how to move closer into relationship with Jesus. It takes discipline to walk at a pace of love. It takes discipline to get up in the morning and read your Bible. It takes discipline to be able to follow Christ and learn from him. If we didn't go to school every day growing up, 
but just every now and then when we felt like it, I don't think we would have learnt quite so much. If we ate breakfast just when we felt like it, rather than every day, I don't think we'd have the energy that we have to participate in every day. Obviously, that if you're not eating breakfast every day, we'll have a different discussion. It's a very important meal. And finally, slow down. This is not new. It's been done since the beginning of time. Go slowly. This is the way of Jesus. Busyness is frenetic and it cuts us off from God. Busyness cuts us off from God. We don't create space enough to enter into what God has for us when we're busy. We can't hear his voice, we can't hear his spirit moving us, nudging us, if we're going too fast. Slow down. Everything in society today says, go quickly. Get alerts on your phone, get emails anywhere you want in the world. Drive everywhere to make sure you get there quickly. Slow down. Why not walk some places? Matt's doing that quite a lot at the moment. Walk some places, slow down. Don't take your phone out, see what is going on around you and let God speak to you. Imagine if, as a community, we followed so much after Jesus that our life, his self-care, his service to others. If we truly love ourselves, It overflows into an act of worship. And to love ourselves requires putting Christ at the centre. Jesus, God made man, looking right into your eyes. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. As we move into communion this morning, I have three questions to help us reflect Is God king of your life? Is Christ at the centre? Is God king of your life? Are you going to take up your cross and keep company with Jesus? Are you going to take up your cross and keep company with Jesus? And are you going to live out a life of loving service? By learning what it means to love yourself. Amen.